the future of the NDP on the Cross Border Interview Podcast. Welcome back to a Friday edition of the Cross Border Interview Podcast for the next four weeks, all through the month of November. We are going to be talking about party politics. I know we talked about municipal politics in October, September, and August, but we're back talking party politics before November 22nd when parties go back to Parliament and they start talking about the issues that are facing the people of Canada. We're going to be talking about each individual party each week. And to kick it all off, we're going to be talking the NDP. We're going to be talking about what went wrong, what went right during the federal election, what they need to do now, and what they need to do moving forward after November 22nd. And to do that with me, I have brought in a guest from the past, a fan of the show, I'm assuming, because he's returning and he he reached, he said he would do it. Uh, Juan Estevez, who ran in Calgary Center in the last federal election, in the September 20th federal election, the 44th general election. So Juan, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. So, uh, as you are not in Ottawa right now, you no. <laughs> did not win. Uh, how do you? How are you feeling? Month, almost two months after the election, how are you feeling right now from the campaign that you ran? So I, I feel pretty good. Um, like obviously, I didn't win, but I did exceed like my own like expectations and goals that I had set for myself. Uh, you know, I ended up with 16% of the 16% of the popular vote, uh, uh, nine, around like 9,600 votes, which is the best performance of an NDP candidate in Calgary Center since 1988. Uh, so that's a, that's a really big achievement. Uh, I was aiming, I was really like, my goal was to get above 10%, uh, ideally 15%. And so I surpassed that. So. Well, and let's talk about that, because uh, this election, the conservative vote collapsed, but the NDP vote did increase across the province of Alberta. When you were knocking on the doors, did you get good reception or when you were talking to your neighbors via social media because of COVID restrictions? What were people telling you about the NDP? Before we start talking about what went wrong, let's talk about what you were hearing first. So there are definitely a lot more progressive people in Alberta than the stereotype like yeah. uh, leads you to believe. Uh, there are lots of people that want true universal health care. I spoke to a lot of people who don't have dental care and they want dental care. Um, and so like people were very receptive to the ideas of the NDP um, and they want more were they re- Were they receptive to the policies and not the leader, or were they receptive to both? Because this the last of this election, the NDP ran a heavily digital campaign because of COVID-19. Uh, the leader didn't make a stop here in Calgary. So was that a benefit or a downside to you to actually have more of a digital presence from the leader and people actually seeing that on social media? Or were you hearing, where's your leader? <laughs> uh, so it depended on like from my experience, it kind of depended on the age group. Uh, so, so younger people, they, they seem to like drug meat. Uh, they were fine with the digital, like the, like the predominantly digital campaign that he ran. They like his TikToks. Um, but the, you know, like the, like the older demographic, definitely they, I got asked you like, where is he? Why is Why didn't he stop in Calgary? Um, like he did stop in Edmonton twice uh, to help, Blake up in his campaign, 
Uh, and he won, so it was obviously not for nothing. Yeah. Um, I wish he would have stopped here in Calgary, uh, even if it was for only half a day. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely depended on the de- demographic. Younger people seem to like drug meat. Older folks seem to, were, or maybe they're, they're okay with it, but were disappointed he didn't come to Calgary. We, we saw a, a heavy presence on TikTok, and you mentioned that, because it seemed like he, he, he won the airwaves on TikTok for social media. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I, I'm not on TikTok. I've never used TikTok. I do not understand TikTok. I, 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 I am in that category of, like, right on the cusp of being a millennial, but here I am. I don't understand social media, so that's why I, I, I rise against it all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that where campaigns are going? Because it seems like the NDP usually are in the forefront of something that is changing uh, with the new method of campaigning. And in this election, it was social media that played a heavy role for them. And TikTok was the new thing that connected the youth voters. So is that where we're heading? Is that where you're seeing that in the next election, if you do decide to run, you would be focusing more on digital campaigning instead of that traditional door-to-door campaigning. So, so when it comes to, to campaigning, I th- you need like multi-prong approaches. And I do think like you can't ever get rid of door knocking, I don't think, yeah. um, just because it's just such a, a direct way of reaching out to people and speaking to them. And a lot of people, like a lot of people don't, won't even consider voting for you if you like, never even knocked on their doors right um, here right <laughs> here if you do not come to me i'm not voting for you i'm putting that out there right now candidates and that's why i made my decision in my election <laughs> yeah so so you need so you need multi like you need to approach it from all all fronts um but i do think that you 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 will probably need some sort of tiktok presence in the future uh in future campaigns uh, my campaign, I actually got like decent interactions uh, on TikTok uh, with my my stuff and my campaign on there. Um, Drag Meat had good interactions. I know Matthew Green, he had some pretty good interactions. Um, he was the candidate for Hamilton. I can't remember Hamilton something. I want to say um, Hamilton Center, but I could be wrong. He, yeah. he, he won his riding as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do think there will be more candidates in the future. Um, and that's just, it just kind of, it is, that's how it goes. Uh, as time goes on, becomes things become more digital. You know, when Justin ran in 2015, um, everyone made fun of him for being, for taking selfies and being and interacting with young people and trying to relate with them. Um, but it worked out for him. Uh, and so I think TikTok is just the new, it's just another way of doing it. So the, the one thing I heard over and over again, since the election was, um, Social media is great. Social media is great to engage younger voters, the first time voters. But traditionally, and uh, you're younger than me, so you might be able to speak to this a little bit more than I can. But traditionally, younger voters do not get out and vote. I don't know why. I think they should. I don't I think there needs to be more engagement and more education of why you should vote. But traditionally, younger voters do not vote. I don't know what the reason behind it is. So when you were talking to people younger than yourself, when you were running in the last election, did you say you need to vote or was there an apathy of saying, sure, we like what you're saying on TikTok, but actually getting up and going to the ballot box is just not in the cards because I have other things to do that day. So there is an element of apathy, um, even 
when I spoke to I spoke to young people at the doors as well, uh, they they just don't think that their vote matters. Like it won't it won't be enough, uh, and so it kind of becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Uh, you know, if everyone who, who who believed that went out and voted, they could swing an election in almost any direction that they wanted. Uh, but until they until they like actually go out and experience it, they won't they won't realize that. Um, and so I don't know. I think part of it is the way our electoral system is set up. Uh, you know, first past the post makes is not the most democratic way, uh, and it doesn't rep, it's not a very good way of representing the population. Uh, so I do think if there was electoral reform and it show like we reformed our electoral system to, to give voices to not just the, the majority groups of each riding, but the, the second and even third place, give it more diverse representation, people would be more willing to go out and vote because they can see it would make more of a difference. So we're going to jump around here. And this is the great thing about conversations. We do that. We jump around. So let's talk about uh, electoral reform because 2015, we remember that great quote from Justin Trudeau of this yeah. will be the last election that is by first past the post. And well, we've had two elections since, and we're still voting people on first past the post. Uh, we are in a minority government right now. Jagmeet Singh, uh, Yves-Francois Blanchet, leads, holds the sort of the power in the House of Commons because the Liberals need 11 other MPs to pass any legislation. If the NDP were to say to Justin Trudeau, let's make it happen. Let's make electoral reform actually happen. Do you think the Liberals would go ahead with that? Because they've won the last three elections under the first past the post system. but we do need that reform. Do you think the NDP should be putting up that uh, card and saying, okay, we'll help you, but we want this done first. Yeah. I do think that they should make their support of the liberal government conditional on electoral reform. Cause the unfortunate truth, I don't think that the NDP, like the NDP is going to have a very tough time ma- making inroads, uh, getting more seats without electoral reform. And so it really they shouldn't support the liberals government unless they're actually willing to do this. And now that, now that the conservatives have lost two elections in a row, despite winning the popular vote, uh, you can see more of them are willing to embrace electoral reform. Um, so I, th- I think that they should make it conditional. Obviously um, it depends on whether Justin wants to do it. He said near the end of the campaign that he would be still open to it. Um, but he does have if the NDP does make it conditional, he does still have a way of making things pass with the block because the block is the only party who really should be opposed to it because they're the they're the most overrepresented party and would not benefit from electoral reform. Um, what type of electoral reform are we talking here? Because uh, I think you and I would disagree on which form that we would prefer, and we can yeah. get into that if we want to. But let's let's talk about the NDP because they have been uh, uh, quite heavily in favor of proportional representation, right? Yes. And yeah. Why so is the, that? So the NDP wants mixed member proportional representation, the same system that Germany and New Zealand have, mm-hmm. um, and so it's not just proportional based off writings you also need to pull uh not pull like get a certain percentage of the of the popular vote across the country um and it would just it would reflect 
you know, this uh, citizens' assemblies on electoral reforms and surveys and all that, they always pick out proportional representation over ranked ballot. Uh, and we believe that's this, obviously that I'm not going to lie. It would benefit the NDP the most. And Which the is what? Proportional? Uh, mixed member proportional. Mixed member, yeah. 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 It would benefit the NDP the most and the Greens as well. Um, but we and do the believe it's. People's Party of Canada as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. It's a double-edged sword, right? With any it, system, it a, it's a double-edged it, it sword. It is a double-edged sword, but it would benefit the NDP more than any other party. So the the people's might party might win a few seats which obviously most people don't like because they're a little bit too extreme on the right um but that that's kind of how living in a democracy works um you have to take the good with the bad sometimes yeah and and i really hope that um that uh with with introducing electoral reform and mixed member proportional representation we actually start embracing true coalition governments because we have to accept the, the reality that it's very rare to win a pure majority um, in that system, which a lot of people prefer minority government. Most people in Canada prefer, prefer minority governments anyways. Um, but that would kind of eliminate the idea of majority governments and would really force the parties to form true coalitions, which I think would be really beneficial. Um, so we could have like an NDP, a, a real NDP liberal coalition where they actually get together and negotiate. And then you have members of both parties within the cabinet. Yeah. Um, and then it's stable as well. Cause we like minority governments because it helps like moderate and bring out the better ideas from all the part from each parties. Um, but they're not stable. They can get voted down at any minute. Uh, and having an election every 18 months is kind of, tiring and a waste of money and resources uh, so really hope that with introducing uh mixed uh member proportional representation it makes our system more democratic and it gives us stable coalition governments do you think the do you think and the double the 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 honest follow-up to that question is look at 2011 2011 the ndp won the most seats it had ever won in its history, almost 105 seats. I think 103, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to remember. And I've got like foggy brain right now, as you can imagine. So I got to ask the question, is it just because the NDP are traditionally stuck to that third party rank? Because in 2011, I didn't hear the NDP talking about electoral reform because they had won so many seats and they were official opposition. Now they're back to third or fourth place. They're talking about it. So is it that you are sort of in a rut right now because you talked about it? you didn't pick up as, as much seats as you wanted to in the last election. So you want to have that, but if you did pick them up, would you, we still be having this conversation? Uh, that's a personally, there you go. Personally even, on a personal level. I, even if the NDP won a super majority, I still think that really, yeah, absolutely. Like proportional representation should be, should be the way forward because the old, the reason the NDP performed so well in 2011 was it was two reasons. It was Michael Ignatiev being a very unlikable liberal leader and Jack Layton being a very likable NDP leader. So it wasn't the NDP did well at the detriment to the liberals. Yeah. 
Which is traditionally how they always do, right? If yeah. the liberals do well, they win. If the liberals do bad, the NDP win more seats. So it is, it is how it is. Um, I want to talk about where you guys did well. You guys did well up in uh, uh, Edmonton. You picked up another seat, uh, <clears throat> second first time in a long time that uh, the NDP have been represented by two MPs in the province of Alberta. You saw your numbers increase as well. The best performance of the NDP in Calgary Center since 2000 or 1988, I think you said it was. Yeah. What does what do you give credit that to? Is it policies? Is it the conservatives not doing as strong a campaign as they traditionally do? And it, the conservatives stayed home or was it Jugmeet Singh? At the end of the day, when you looked at the numbers afterwards, did you say, OK, we won these votes or the other parties lost these votes? Honest question. So it's it's a little, it's a little of everything. Okay. So. In 2015, under Thomas Mulcair, the NDP shifted more to the right. That was the, the most right-leaning campaign that they've ever run. Yeah. Under Jugmeet, they have shifted back more to the left, and people like progressive policies. They want so progressive voters are very picky. We're not afraid to gate. We're not afraid to like gatekeep and purity test and everything, and we're not going to be loyal to you if you aren't a real progressive so by moving more back to the left they like picked up more of those progressive voters because we we want progressive policies uh here in alberta i there's also the jason kenny factor everything involving jason kenny and the ucp is very toxic um you you don't want it you want to be too closely associated with it um and that really hurt um aaron conservative O'Toole? uh that hurt aaron o'toole in alberta uh, specifically in Edmonton, um, Greece, 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 it really, it hurt their campaign there, which a lot, which helped, you know, Blake's a great candidate. Um, but it, it does help that Jason Kenny's toxicity yeah. helped decrease the, the conservative vote up there. Um, so I think it's a, a mixture of the NDP moving a little bit more back to the left campaigning on more progressive policies and then the toxicity of Jason Kenney here in Alberta. You mentioned just briefly there that Thomas Mulcair did move the party more to the center because he thought that's where the uh, most votes would be for them to pick up. As we saw in that election, it did not happen. And we ended up with the liberal majority. Jagmeet Singh has moved the party back to its uh, Jack Layton, Ed Broadbent days of being more of the center left. And I would even say, traditionally left party we are always releasing new episodes and from time to time new specials of the cross-border interview podcast be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you are getting your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode but also be sure to head over to facebook twitter and instagram and give us a follow we have behind the scene looks at upcoming guests upcoming episodes and some special social media only content subscribe to the show now and now let's get back to our episode Is that where Canadians are at, do you think? Or do you think we need to have that progressive? And what does progressive mean in the sense of an NDP party? Because you don't tr- traditionally think progressive means NDP. You t- traditionally think left means NDP. So what does progressive mean in the tent of the NDP? 
Yeah. So, so progressive is a very, it's a very muddy, it's become a very muddy term. Uh, <laughs> I got attacked during the municipal campaign for saying something like that, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, I think most people would agree, you know, like from starting right to left, it's the conservatives, liberals, and then the NDP, yep. at least from the three major parties. Um, but the liberals like to brand themselves as progressives um, as a way to try to gain votes from people who might vote NDP. Like, um, and so it, it really muddies the term. I did criticize my liberal opponent uh, for calling herself a progressive, even though she was a, uh, a self-described moderate. Um, well, she was technically a progressive conservative. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, I, and that's, that is the most, I will, I, I, do, I try not to throw shade on the show, but let's be honest. She was a progressive conservative. Anyone who looks in her past can find that out. Yes. So please do not send me a hate mail. If you do, it's going in the trash. Like yeah. every other hate mail I get. <laughs> yeah. And so like, there's, there's nothing wrong with switching ideologies. I've changed my ideology as I've grown over time. So that, that's just, that's just how life is. So there, there, there's nothing wrong with her of being a progressive conservative and then the liberal yeah. in my view, they're very close ideologically. So it actually makes a lot of sense that they that she, uh, that she switched to that. But so progressive liberals see themselves as progressives because they, they support some progressive ideas. Like they support uh, the $10 a day childcare, which is something NDP obviously supports. We would prefer a true universal free one ideally, but we'll take, we're not going to say no to, to, to the $10 a day childcare. In 2026. Um, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> got to keep uh, on make, mentioning that because everyone thinks it's going to happen tomorrow. Not happening yeah, it's, in it's 2026 guys. Averaged out over five years yeah, or whatever it is. Um, you know, they, they've campaigned on pharmacare several times and I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, and so the, like they believe, so, so they'll, they'll take, some ideas but they won't it's like watered down and so we like to say so we, look, we both like to call ourselves progressives they call themselves progressives because they see because they, they have some of our, our ideas um and we call ourselves progressives we use progressive and leftist and socialist some of us yeah. uh interchangeably um and so it's just a it's a muddy term we are uh, a month and a half from the camp from the election day in the federal election on September twentieth. Um, I, I I follow the news. I try to ensure that I keep informed on what's happening and where the party leaders are. You might have been tuned in a little bit more because you were the candidate and you know where the the leaders your leader is, but. What's Jagmeet Singh doing right now? I know this is coming out in a week's time from when we do uh, record it, but it seems he met with his caucus. You would think that he would be trying to get out and continue talking to Canadians, but it seems like he's in a bubble right now. Am I, am I misreading that? Or are you, as the former candidate, seeing that as well? I, I'm seeing that as well. Uh, so I, th I think a lot of, I think the, even though we did increase the, the, the percentage of the popular vote, uh, the NDP was expecting 40 seats, yeah. maybe 50. Um, and so there are questions about his, uh, whether he will continue to be a leader. So I think um, 
there are, I think he's like taking a step back and he's trying to focus on, on working with the caucus to, uh, to figure uh, and out what's like, next. And, and, yeah, to figure out what's next. Um, I won't speculate to, as to whether or not he will continue to be leader. He was, he did pull the highest of, of all the leaders during the election. Um, and I do think that he's still likable enough as a, as a leader to, to keep going. Um, but it, I think that's kind of why he's taking a step back and trying to focus primarily uh, internally with his caucus. Plus, he has a pregnant um, wife. We have to remember that. He's probably yeah. doing father duty to make sure his wife is uh, comfortable before she gives birth to their first child, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. And the and, you know, the, the he has tried he has made a few statements online. Uh, you know, he criticized Elections Canada's uh, uh, lack of accessibility to voting. Uh, and Justin Trudeau hasn't reached out to, to try to negotiate anything to see if he wants NDP support either. Um, so he's still there. He's just, I think it's also the perception of, you know, he was super out there during the election, super visible, and now it's on election. And so. And he could be on TikTok. Everyone, everyone I don't follow him on TikTok. I do not have TikTok. So he could be doing things on TikTok. Uh, he, that I just no, don't he know. is. He hasn't been as active now. Okay. I want to talk about sort of uh, the next steps. We are returning to Parliament. You picked up one seat in the last election. You went from 24 seats to 25 seats. Uh, you did lose some seats in some areas of this country. In Newfoundland, you lost Jack Harris's old riding. Uh, you did pick up one in Edmonton. So you did do some seat changes, but at the same time, you ended up with one more seat. Does and in the last last parliament, I will say the NDP were effective of holding the government to account. Now that the liberals have sort of an arrogance about them, and I will talk to a liberal supporter here in a few weeks as well. Does the NDP have the same clout they did in the last parliament, or are they disgruntled or sort of deflated because of the bad, the quote unquote, bad showing that they had in the election with only? one additional seat. I think there is a, the attitudes going in is a bit different because um, going in last in, in 2019 to that parliament, there was this idea of the, the NDP can push the liberals to the left. They can push for the more progressive policies. And they did that um, during the, during the pandemic, which was good. But I think now, you know, the liberals calling the election early to, to try to grab a majority and the NDP not winning as many seats as we were hoping. Uh, there's a kind of a bit more of a disgruntled attitude going in, and, and that can be seen as um, in Jagmeet saying he's willing to vote down the Liberals' budget if if uh, the Liberals don't give throw them a bone. Yeah, which <clears throat> I'm going to be honest, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but the NDP spent, I think, $25 million last, in this last election for, on their campaign. Across the pro across the sit uh, the country, and like all other political parties, you guys are all tapped out. People are struggling. Yeah. Their donations aren't coming in as they traditionally do. So, while it's great that you can say I'm going to vote down something, you don't want to go back to the polls as much as Canadians don't want to go back to the polls because <laughs> uh, I'm assuming Canadians didn't want to go back to the polls in September. So when when the leader says that as the former candidate, are you saying if we go back to the polls, I, there's no way that Canadians are going to give the person who calls the election, liberals, NDP, conservatives, any chance of winning because 
they don't want an election. They want people to work together because we have literally the exact same makeup of parliament as we did yeah. eight months ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, politics is a, is a game. <laughs> uh, I think... Who blinks you know, first? <laughs> yeah, the, you know, yeah, we're like all parties are, are kind of tapped out. Uh, they're tired, they're, they're low on funds. And I think all three major parties also have leadership Ish, like a leadership issue going on. You know, Jagmeet, I wouldn't be shocked if he stays as leader for one more election. Yeah. Um, I think the writing is on the wall for Justin. He's not going to run another election as the liberal leader. Uh, uh, Freeland is very set up to, to succeed him. Um, there's still the wild card of Mark Carney. Um, and Aaron O'Toole, it seems like Ar- his, his nail was in the coffin when he introduced a uh, Carbon tax, according to the conservatives. Yeah. So, so I think, I think, you know, they're, they're trying to play hardball to get, uh, to get something that they want. Uh, of the, I think the block is the, the only party who really has a stable leader, because uh, they performed exactly how they wanted to. Um, so I think the hope is the liberals will, are willing to, to, to cave on a few things with the NDP playing hardball. So let's talk about the 44th parliament because it resumes on November 22nd. Um, you ran, you you are a self-described progressive and I would even go as far as saying a bit of a socialist if I'm not mistaken, yeah. correct? Yeah. Um, what would you like to see the NDP focus on in this next term? So the the big thing is electoral reform. Really? That's, that's your one thing that you hope people, that the NDP push for? Yeah. So, so look, so going forward, like we have to another elect, it's a minority government. So there could be another election in 18 months. That's, that's kind of the average. Um, the, the own electoral reform, I think a lot of people see is the only way to, to really give the NDP a bigger voice in parliament and get more progressive policies done. Um, Cause this, even in like the, uh, this minority government uh, situation with the NDP is kingmakers. Um, it's just, there isn't enough that's going to get done. You know, the NDP wants true universal health care. They want um, stronger action on climate change. They want the wealth tax. Um, and all of these policies just aren't going to happen unless the NDP can win more seats. Uh, and electoral reform is the, the, I think, the only way forward that's, that's realistically going to happen. Um, I know Jagmeet has said that he he wants a wealth tax because he wants to make sure um, to avoid uh, an austerity government in the future coming in and justifying austerity because of all the pandemic aid. Um, but I think I think ele- electoral reforms is is the thing is the top of your priority. Yeah. Um, we are 30 minutes into the interview and I want to ask the question before we do our wrap up here is a, this was your first election on the ballot. Um, yeah. Looking back on it. Uh, did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, I did. It, it was stressful. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, it was a, it was a good experience. Uh, maybe I'll run again. I was going to ask, uh, I was going to ask the follow-up uh, now that you've been active in the NDP in Alberta, would you be interested in running again, federally, provincially, uh, all of the above municipally in the future? Because 
usually you take one kick at the can and sometimes if you get defeated, you lose your interest in it. But uh, would you be willing to even put your name forward again because of the experience that you've got in this last election? Yeah, I put my name forward uh, provincially and federally again as well. Uh, I don't know, municipal, I'm not... I'm not sure about that one. You got another four years to decide <laughs> the <Yeah. laughs> municipal politics. Um, Juan, I want to thank you for this. Uh, I, I always, always, always like talking politics and I always like trying to dissect what went wrong, what went right. And the NDP have, a, uh, I think they have some soul searching to do to figure out where they're going forward and how they move forward. But thank you for taking half out of your night and just chatting and talking about where, where you stood in this whole grand scheme of NDP politics. So greatly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I'm always down to talk politics. Oh, we will have you back on in the new year for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for everyone listening. Uh, I The links to Juan's, I think if I'm not mistaken, is still active on Twitter. His Twitter yep. is going to be in the show notes. So please go check him out and follow him. Juan, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. The Cross-Border Interview Podcast is produced and edited by Miranda Brown & Associates, Incorporated.